it's Jim. It's the World of Bonds. It's Monday, the 1st of February 2020, pinch punch, first day of the month. Um, this is for professional investors only and never investment advice. Silver is getting the Wall Street bets treatment this morning. Um, it's up sharply around about 11%. This is a metal that itself is surrounded by Wall Street conspiracy theories. Going back a very long time, um, over a century ago, um, this was a metal that populists said that ought to be backing the US currency as well as or instead of gold as it was then. Um, if you look at the Wizard of Oz, which we you should know by now is full of uh, these sort of allegories about money and uh, banking. The book that was written before the film came out, the, the famous slippers were not ruby, they were made of silver. And um, these populists thought that the answer to the disinflationary scare of the, the late 19th century and the depression that was going on at the time was to issue currency backed by silver rather than by gold and the yellow brick road. So that's getting a bit of a squeeze this morning um, to go alongside GameStop last week. So what about January? Well, uh, a pretty dull month and where we are now in US Treasuries, we are back at 1.09%. We did briefly dip down towards 1% yields in Treasuries last week, but we've uh, retraced all of that and we're stuck at this uh, nearly 1.1 level that we've been at for, for most of the year. Uh, Deutsche Bank looked at their asset price survey for January and found that only three out of 43 asset classes they looked at moved more than 5% in either direction over the course of January. So a pretty dull month. I guess emerging markets is where a bit of the action is, um, especially when it comes to flows from investors, which are extremely strong. But also January was the biggest month ever for both emerging market sovereign issuers and emerging market corporate issuers. So watch this space. And finally, US dollar continues to recover from its Q4 2020 sell-off uh, and is up again this morning. What have we got this week? Well, tomorrow in the House of Lords, we have a quantitative easing inquiry. Uh, Parkit RBC sent out a good note at the end of last week um, showing who is going to be um, looked at um, who is going to give evidence at that inquiry and quite a lot of sceptics on the list of people they will be interviewing including Chris Giles of the FT and Paul Tucker the former Deputy Governor of the Bank of England um, he, he's been quite critical about the power of central banks. I'm looking over my bookshelf here the, the biggest, fattest book I own I think is Unelected Power by Paul Tucker um, which um, talks about over mighty citizens and the dangers of uh, allowing independence to uh, become something that central banks can use to, to set agendas effectively. Um, in this occasion, though, I think there's also questions about whether independence itself is threatened. I think that'll be one of the, the questions. You know, we've had 900 billion of uh, QE since it was invented. Uh, invented in the UK anyway in, in the last 12 years and recently the amount of QE that's been uh, done has equaled pretty much exactly the amount of government borrowing that was done in 2020. So there are questions about whether the Bank of England has become a kind of financing arm of um, Her Majesty's Treasury. I think all of these things will come out this week and put a bit of a spotlight on the Bank of England at a time when um, there's quite a lot going on now. And I think um, maybe one for tomorrow because I uh, can't to hand find the article, but there, there was something about 
building societies saying they are not ready for negative rates. And, um, you know, that, that's a bit disappointing, really, given that other countries have had negative rates for, for years and years. But um, that, again, put a bit of a spotlight on the Bank of England and what they do next if the economy gets into difficulty again. Final thing I want to talk about today is the Atlantic. Um, this is a kind of web-based news article site that writes some good, well-informed um, articles about economics. On Friday, Annie Lowry put out one about the minimum wage. So the Atlantic, Annie Lowry, if you want to read it. Um, as you know, Biden says he's going to put the minimum wage up from 7 25 an hour to $15 per hour by 20, I think 2025. Um, there are 2 million Americans now earning the minimum wage, but um, 23 million Americans would benefit if it went up to $15 an hour. Remember that uh, if you're a bar staff or a, a waiter, you're probably earning $2.13 or something like that, plus tips. So, um, you know, a lot of employers are paying nothing like that $15 an hour at the moment. So some debate about whether it would include the tipped wage, uh, whether it would go up by the rate of inflation as well over time. The CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, reckons that a move to the minimum wage at $15 an hour would create another 1% on US unemployment, which is about one3 million people but there are a lot of independent papers and increasing number of studies looking at um, minimum wage hikes remember we're talking about the national minimum wage here many states have already introduced minimum wages um, either statewide or specific industries like fast food workers for instance so there's been 138 minimum wage hikes across states in america over over the years that have been studied by various academics and the evidence that has any damage is pretty weak. Um, there's very little effect um, overall on, on employment anyway. And, and a big benefit in lifting people out of poverty. And, you know, 1.3 million people would be delivered out of poverty by a rise in the minimum wage of this with potentially little impact on um, either inflation or unemployment. Um, another study, a 10% rise in minimum wage for fast food workers would add 0.36% to um, the inflation rate for fast food. So the kind of delta to minimum wages and the feed through into, into uh, food prices is pretty low itself. So with the kind of goal of running the economy hot, I think this gets through and I think um, it's probably going to be beneficial for economic growth with a relatively modest impact on inflation. Have good weeks, everyone. Bye.